Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And today, get over here. It's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> for better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how you doing today? Um, I mean, I'm okay. You know, we just, there was a freak hail storm in the middle of the afternoon. It was the most exciting thing that's happened in days. It was kind of terrifying because it came out of nowhere. Because we, we were driving. We were getting a lot of groceries and we got in just in time when there was nothing on the forecast saying that a massive amount of hail was about to drop from the skies. <laughs> um, but then we both saw a fox. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. Nature. It's it's been a topsy-turvy day, (laughs) y'all. Mortal Kombat is an action fantasy film based on the popular video game series, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Ed Boon, John Tobias, and Kevin Droney, and was released on August 18th, 1995. That's right, folks. Today is the 25th anniversary of Mortal Kombat. Wow, my math was off. Amy Jo, aren't you so excited that I realized that it was the 25th anniversary of Mortal Kombat and made you watch this film? Thrilled. Thrilled. Also, you you, you would believe it was the 25th anniversary looking at the it, special effects in this film. It feels like it. There's times when I went, ooh, they went full Power Rangers. Oh man, this CGI. Well, it's great because this is the same year as Toy Story. And it's it might as well, be, Scorpion might as well be shooting like Mr. Potato Head out of his hands instead of his little <laughs> snake hands. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Amy Joe, what is your experience with Mortal Kombat? Well, with the movie, none. Mm-hmm. With the video game, None. Oh. But with the song oh. <laughs> in my PE dance class in what? 10th grade, that's right. If you didn't want to do oh. athletics because it was hot in Texas and you didn't want to run track because that was painful to you, you could take PE dance. Maybe it was ninth grade, actually. PE dance. Yeah, it was a PE credit. It was basically drill team um, uh-huh. because in Texas, that's a that's a big thing. Great. And those of us who are like, how do I get out of the sun and into the shade and into the art of movement? <laughs> And the answer was P.E. dance. And we danced to, I I remember distinctly Mortal Kombat, as well as Everybody Dance Now, which in many ways are the same song. Well, no. One. They both have a lot of like, (laughs) now it's time for sharp movement. Hey, hey. Uh, yes, but I mean, one is at least telling you to dance. One is telling you to f- test your might and fight to the death in Look, Mortal Kombat. But PE dance often, we were learning dances that the drill team would do at halftime at football games, which in Texas means fight to the death. I don't know. I never went Wait, to a were football these ha- game. Were, were they doing these halftime dances to Mortal Kombat? I, d- I, don't, I never went to a football <laughs> game. I wouldn't darken the door. However, we also did a dance one time. To- that's, a, that's a real flex as a football player to like make a touchdown and then immediately decap decapitate one of the members of the other team to have a snake hand come out and I tell you what else eat his we, face. What else we learned to dance to that they certainly weren't doing at halftime, and that was Sarah McLaughlin's in the arms of an no. angel. Wait, what? Wait. But we learned it in PE dance. Wait, you you how do you dance to in the arms of the angel? Is that Varied is that like some modern circular movements? <sighs> a lot of onks 
to Are you doing like death. little angel wings? Or are you doing like no, little like... No, you're not doing angel wings, Jeff. You're doing like an a concave sort of Martha Graham and now a big swoopy gesture and you're sad because you've learned at age 14 that this song's about heroin. Of course, concave Martha Graham and swoopy gestures. You get it. What it's was called I a thinking? contraction. Saying angel in, wings. In dance lingo. Clearly, on, clearly, we know which of us here at the podcast is the dancer. Mm. <laughs> Don't you forget it. Oh boy! And um, I, I saw the sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, in theaters, and I think then I saw the first one. Uh, as a, I remember it as the blockbuster rental. I like, I remember going through the the aisles mm-hmm. of blockbuster and being like, "Wait, Mortal Kombat? This there's a first one?" Because I think I saw it in theaters, and I was too young. It was, I think it was the. <laughs> Whenever that second one came out was, I think, 97. So I was still dumb. I was still a 10-year-old dumb-dumb. Really and it tells you realize... a lot about the storytelling, that you could watch the sequel oh, not no, no. knowing anything it preceded. <laughs> well, we'll get into it, but uh... <laughs> the, the second one starts up right where the first one ends. Uh, and Literally at that only... fight right before yes, the credits? Yes, yes. And only <laughs> two of our actors in Mortal Kombat came back for the sequel. Well, Everyone else was recast. Can you blame them? Of... <laughs> Well, on either side, you know, I, we'll get into it. But this first movie made so much money. Like it's kind of bananas how much money this movie made. Um, and the game, like I had friends that had, I didn't have Nintendo, which I think was what you mainly played Mortal Kombat on, mm-hmm. at least at the time. Now every game is for every console. Um, but at the time, I just didn't have it. I played Tekken, which was the fighting game for the PlayStation. Tekken. I always yes, it's kind of the with... uh, the forgotten child sure. of you're like, oh, there's Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and I was... then. I was about to say, I always conflate this with Street Fighter because that's the one you could play at like an arcade. Yes, yes, And yes, I yes. liked being the woman who would kick. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be the woman that can kick. That's what I always say. Uh, now, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Mortal Kombat or haven't seen it in a while, here's a very, very brief now, synopsis. Question, Jeff. Does yes. it count as a spoiler if there's no plot? Um, you know, you got a great point, but, uh, in case, so you know, at least something what we're talking about here, (laughs) let's get into it. The emperor of Outworld has his sights set on conquering the realm of earth, that old scoundrel. Uh, but in order to do so, we also don't see this emperor until the very end of the movie, which was a reshoot. Originally this movie was supposed to end with him just being like, you did it guys. And then they were like, this movie ends on such a dumb note. So they added in like, you're not going to believe this sequel set up with that big monster that like appears in the sky as the emperor, which I keep forgetting. And you're like, oh, the villain Shang Tsung is not the emperor. He is the emperor's sorcerer. So in order to, uh, Emperor Sorcerer. <laughs> in order to conquer Earth, uh, uh, da, 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 uh, the Emperor has to win Mortal Kombat 10 consecutive times. The Emperor Sorcerer Shang Tsung has led Outworld's forces to nine straight victories. Flawless victory! <laughs> Uh, the only thing standing between Earth and the Emperor's evil forces are three humans, Liu Kang, who joins the tournament to kill Shang Tsung for the murder of his brother, Sonya Blade, a law enforcement officer who's trying to catch Kano, her partner's killer, and Johnny Cage, an egotistical movie star who the press has dubbed as a fake and is at the tournament as a way to prove himself, which I didn't think about it. And not really a spoiler to say this person was not considered because he wasn't making movies in 1995. But I think the funniest possible person to cast as Johnny Cage would be Vin Diesel. To have mm. someone obsessed with being like, they're saying that I can't fight. So, so I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go travel to Outworld. Hold on. I got to bring all this <laughs> Louis Vuitton luggage. <laughs> Johnny Cage and his Louis Vuitton luggage. But I love the idea of Vin Diesel just being like, no one believes I can fight. I'll, I'll show The Rock, even if it wasn't The Rock I'm saying no I fake. can't fight. <laughs> 
and Lord Raiden, the God of Thunder, take that Thor, the God of Thunder and Defender of the Earth Realm, attempts to guide the three heroes. He's more of the God of Lightning. He's more. Wikipedia says God of Thunder, but I don't remember if he's God of Thunder or God of Lightning. He's really just some dude who should not be wearing that hat. Should not be. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Yes, in the in the video game Mortal Kombat, Raiden is quite clearly an Asian gentleman, and in the film, Christopher Lambert is not uh which we'll oy, get into oy, oy. <laughs> so he attempts to guide the three heroes does he at <laughs> does he though at shang Tsung's island Liu kang is attracted to princess katana the emperor's adopted daughter because we didn't oh, know that's what i i, I learned Wikipedia. a lot about this movie exactly i learned a lot about this movie from reading the plot synopses after the fact because i've seen this movie a few times and i was like wait who is princess katana because we'll get into Why it. Why can't there's a you big, talk to them? There's a big four-armed monster named Goro, who's apparently Prince Goro. And I was like, wait, are they supposed to be brother and sister? Uh, I don't think they are. But anyway, apparently she's, uh, yeah, the Emperor's... New groove. The, the Emperor's new groove. Uh, the Emperor's adopted daughter. So it's a, real, it's a real Gamora situation in Guardians of the Galaxy with being mm. adopted by Thanos. Mm. That's how I'm seeing it. Uh, and it's just as well thought out. <laughs> At least Gamora has a couple of lines. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Because because uh, we'll get into it. Princess Katana, Talisa Soto, is one of two actors, along with Robin Shu, Liu Kang, who came back for the sequel. Uh, and she's got more to do in the sequel, which is why I was well, conflating. It wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> um, well, spoilers. they Not necessarily, because in the sequel, they kill off Johnny Cage three minutes into the film. The, the Emperor shows up and he's like, or I think it's like the Emperor's son. Now, it's like they can't even be bothered with the Emperor. I don't wow. remember exactly. It's been a while since I've seen that sequel, which is as dumb as this movie is. That sequel is trash. But um, Johnny you know, Cage You know who does... I'd be interested in seeing is the Emperor is, of course, Ian McDermott. Oh, of Just course. being like, all I do, I'm only playing Emperors. Here to kingdom come, you yes. know? Yeah. Oh, Ian McDermott as that emperor. That's some that he he should be in this film because he knows how to chew he knows that how scenery to make as the emperor. A choice. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Unlimited power. Flawless victory. <laughs> Flawless victory. <laughs> as he shoots. No, you know what? He as the emperor, he's shooting electricity out of his fingertips. I mean, clearly Raiden should be an Asian gentleman and not a white dude. But if you're gonna cast a white dude. At least get Ian McDermott. Get one that Christopher is Lambert. A, an actor of stature. Christopher Lambert sounding oh exactly like he should be playing Igor slash Renfield. Because this voice. Mom, He's doing this voice Luke with King. his light French accent. But it should be like, oh, master, I, I have found this perfect specimen to be the, the body of your monster. Instead, uh, it is, look, I told you, you would run into a fight too soon. I've taught you all you thunder. need to know by reminding you of something you already knew. <sighs> all right, let's finish this dang synopsis. Uh, Sonya fights Kano and kills him, avenging her partner's death like 45 minutes into the movie, but she's still hanging around. Uh, Cage fights Scorpion. Liu Kang has a brief duel with Katana, where she finally speaks and secretly offers him advice on how to defeat his next opponent, Sub-Zero. It's a lot of fighting. Then there's some more fighting. Cage fights and defeats that four-armed monster, Prince Goro. Oh, right. It's funny being that he's a prince. Uh, and eventually, Shang Tsung takes Sonya hostage and takes her to Outworld, intending to fight her as his opponent. But before he can fight her, he has to give her give hair, her give her a make, give her hair a blowout. It's her a hair. real like Sandy at the end of Greece meets Barbarella. You know, oh, it really is. Although <laughs> Sandy gets 
into this like sewn into leather pants. Sonia, they put her in this brown tunic. If you rewatch, when, if you watch Mortal Kombat, so after listening to this, she's dressed like Shrek. She is wearing Shrek's tunic, and they they do her dirty because in the beginning she, in the. Rest of the movie, she's got this tight ponytail. She's in like her tight, like, like law enforcement outfit. Very like sleek. an enviable pony. That is hard to accomplish. It's she's like looking ooh, very she looks cool. All business. Very cool. At the end, she's got this blown out '80s hair and Shrek's tunic and a lot of eye makeup, uh, which was unnecessary. <laughs> it really was. Uh, where were we? Da, 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 da. Liu Kang and Cage follow into Outworld and meet up with Princess Katana. They infiltrate Sung's castle and Liu Kang challenges Shang Sung to Mortal Kombat. They fight. Liu defeats Shang Sung, releasing all the souls he's captured, including his brother. And the warriors return to Earth Realm, where a victory celebration is taking place. The jubilation abruptly stops, however, when the Emperor's giant figure suddenly appears in the skies and declares that he has come for everyone's souls. Raiden declares, I don't think so. And the warriors take up their fighting stances. And the bop begins <laughs> again. <laughs> The casting directors of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the casting directors were Fern Champion, Mark Palladini, and Kate Kennedy. Champion and Palladini have cast other projects together, including The Mask with Jim Carrey, Beverly Hills 90210, and Babylon 5, while Kennedy is primarily a producer, but has also done casting on a few projects, including The Indian in the Cupboard being most notable. Oh, wow. Throwback. Real throwback. Well, yeah, that was when she was casting was the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of background. Mortal Kombat was the fourth Hollywood video game movie adaptation after the Super Mario Brothers movie. Classic. Double Dragon uh -huh. and Street Fighter, which oh, came out right. the year before with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Raul Julia. Yes, and Raul Julia. I know. Love Raul Julia. It's very sad that that was his final film. I know, but he made it for his sons um, because they enjoyed the game. And I thought well, that was nice, very sweet that he, yeah. he did that, even though it was his last... Last film, but that he yeah. did it because, like, it was also, like, the money he was going to make from that was going to enable him to spend more time with his kids. I do love hearing that. I I, I do love hear, seeing when you're, like, whatever actor of whatever stature is, like, pops up. Like, like Robert Redford in Captain America, Winter Soldier, which he did it because his sons, like, yeah. the character. I mean, I, I was like that. Or, yeah. or when actors where you're like, why did you do this random children's film? You only do, like, serious films. And it's like, I wanted to find do something my kids could see. Which, yeah, when totally. you think about that, you're like, oh, yeah. It's that's actually sweet. really cool to, like show your kids a film that you did or yeah. i forget who it is there's someone that's like an animated film and their kids refuse to believe that they're like that's not you because <laughs> they're also doing a voice and then they'll do the voice and like that's not you not good enough <laughs> yeah yeah okay work on it i i um I'm nice try dad friends with Ralph julia's older son and and like, we're like the same age so it's yeah. it's uh it, i think it's really sweet and also just thinking about like oh yeah i was a kid when that came out so of course like a young boy it's like my dad's gonna be in a video game yeah. movie it's very sweet that is real cool you yeah. uh mortal kombat cost 18 million to make and made 122 million worldwide You're kidding making me. it the highest grossing video game film adaptation until 2001 when the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie came out. Right. And it's it spent three weeks as the number one film at the box office, Mortal Kombat did. I mean, uh, as ridiculous and plotless and stupid as it was, yeah. I found it very watchable. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's so, in terms of, yeah, it's hard. A video game, video game film adaptations are already so difficult, but we'll, we'll, it's only really recently that they, they seem to have cracked the code because uh, the highest grossing 
which I was surprised by, is the movie of Warcraft, which came out like I don't they six made or seven. A movie of Warcraft, exactly. Because that bombed. at least has plot elements to it. As someone who played it sure, on their yes. computer when they were yeah. young, just with cheat codes to try and get as much gold yeah, as possible. Yeah. But Warcraft bombed in the states, but apparently it made so much money over the seas. It, it's the highest grossing video game film adaptation, four hundred and thirty nine million dollars worldwide. Ooh. A lot of that was overseas. Second is Detective Pikachu with 433 million and then third is rampage with the rock with 428 million and i oh ramp it was the one where it's like (laughs) i won't know what you're talking about okay well you could have possibly seen a trailer it's the more that he's got like his his he's like i don't remember he's like watching over a giant a gorilla or something and there's some like alien meteor or whatever now the grill's big and uh oh there's also a big wolf and a big alligator crocodile or whatever describe so my face these pig monsters uh your face looks like you don't know what i'm talking about so now nah, right fair enough yeah yeah yeah. Um, if i go to a movie and that is a trailer playing at it i'm concerned you're at the wrong movie I'm you're at, like oh wait i'm at the wrong theater i went and saw book smart <laughs> and the trailers before were a lot of like horror films and my friend i was there we turned each other we're like are we wait, in that movie what is Booksmart, is it not what we thought it was going to be about? All of their studying won't help them now. <laughs> Booksmart, coming to a theater near you. Also, recommend Booksmart. Go oh see Booksmart, folks. It's watch all good. It also, on, it's on Hulu. Go go watch Booksmart. So we, we have watched Booksmart so, so many, many times. times. We will, when we cannot, because Amy, Joe, and I very often don't can't agree on a film to watch. And more often than not, we will put on something we've already seen before. And lately, more often than not, it's Booksmart. Because hey. it's so good. Uh, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast in Mortal Kombat. Oh, let's. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. We're having fun. Uh, let's kick things off with Sonya Blade. Okay. The law enforcement officer. Amy, thoughts on Bridget Wilson Sampras. And it's Pete Sampras' wife. Pete Sampras' wife, the tennis player. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, which is why she's not really acting anymore. They have two kids together, so mm-hmm. which makes sense. You gotta, you gotta look after those two kids. Uh, and your thoughts on her and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I thought she was pretty good. I mean, you know, she can fight. I mean, there was a lot of costume choices and things that are not her fault that they yeah. did to her. But again, that sleek ponytail. Excellent. It's really good. She, she was really young. She was like 21, yeah, 22 when they filmed this. baby. Yeah. 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 Um, if they were doing it today, like mm-hmm. I hear the name Sonia Blade and I think she's meant to be Russian. Yeah. Sure. And I'm like, you know who I desperately want to see <laughs> is Jodie Comer. Uh, who's, who's not actually who's not Russian, Russian, but, but plays a Russian so well on and, Killing and Eve. She, we know she can fight. Yeah. We know yeah. she's intense, but great. funny. I love was just it. like, oh, I would love to see this. Love it, love it, love it. Um. Uh, who else? As far as like someone who we know fights, who's great, like Charlize would be great. Oh, sure. You know, just sure. like no nonsense. Yeah. I thought Zoe Saldana would be good in this oh, part. Oh, she'd be great. Speaking of Gamora. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I never do, I, I never want to exclude my girl Gwendolyn Christie, who can you imagine? <gasps> oh, I'd love her it. towering over this tiny Australian pipsqueak. I really, a Kano, this Australia, yes. this Australia pipsqueak. We were calling she's him going Terminator, after, yeah. although I was singing fan Aussie of the Terminator. opera the oh, whole time. Yes, Kano, the guy that she's, Sonya Blaze trying to come after, has like one robot eye. It doesn't look like when Arnold in Terminator lose like half of his face and he's got but that a little, one robot eye. But a little, Halloween store version. Oh, it's so just, it. the spirit gum is clinging. It's just clinging spirit on. gum and a little bit of hopes. But I said to you, and he's not one of the people that we're talking about, but I said to you when we're watching, I was like, who does he remind me of? Who did you remind me of? You're like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then like 20 minutes later, I turned, I was like, ah, it's Carl Urban and Thor Ragnarok. Just like a fight yeah. nausea 
like swaggering, throwing his weight around, being disgusting. I know. But uh, I was going to say this for later because there was no one else up for Kano. But this is actually fun to do. This is a one-two punch. Talking mm-hmm. about Bridget Wilson-Sampras and Trevor Goddard, who plays uh, Kano. You might have also recognized him. From? From season 12, episode oh my 20 of Murder, She Wrote. What's the episode title? Southern Double Cross. Remember, he's Australian. He's not really Australian in real life, but he played in Australian a lot. So in Australia, Jessica Fletcher may be the legal owner of a valley that the sheep herders and miners are oh arguing over and may be the cause of the disappearance of Jessica's lawyer. Now, I've gone to the trouble of uh, taking some screen grabs <laughs> yes! here for Amy Jo to look at. Uh, feel free to scroll. There's three pictures there oh, to see if you recognize goodness. him. Uh, this is <gasps> Kano in this episode of this Murder Show. This is so good. Okay, and this when is I saw that, I, I was think... like, oh, this is why Amy Jo recognizes this person. I don't think the listeners know because we've not yet discussed I love Murder, She Wrote. Earlier today, it was chilly mm. out, so I threw on my long sleeve Murder, She Wrote sweater. Christmas sweater. Um that is so funny. Do you, I'm gonna have to. I I don't offhand. I'm ashamed to admit that you don't remember that episode offhand. Not off. I'm. I've watched it, but you like a, I've watched. I've watched all twelve seasons. Who are we <laughs> kidding? But like, that's not one where it's like someone shows me a still. I'm like, oh, that's something foul and floppy though. Obviously, you right, know. Right, right. Um, but I'm gonna have to rewatch now. Uh, but speaking of, there were no pictures of her, unfortunately. But Bridget Wilson Sampras also on Murder <gasps> She Wrote season ten episode. A Killing in Cork, where she played Emily Griffith. Oh, my goodness. When Jessica goes to Ireland, uh, searches for clues when a widowed friend's son is suspected of killing an American relative. That's a two-parter. Oh, two-parter. Well, she's only in <laughs> one part. So. Oh, my goodness. No, I, I'm pretty sure I know who she's she's playing. I have her in my mind's eye. Because Angela Lansbury has property in Ireland. And so oh. they would film a lot in Ireland because Angela, oh, wow. is, her brother was the Whoa. executive producer. And, you know, she obviously is like, so she's like, let's go film in Ireland for a while because I can it. live at home. Oh, my God. I love it. I I loved it. It was like, oh, I got a roll. I got a cast as a, an under five on Murder, She Wrote. I'm flying to I'm Ireland. Flying to Ireland. <laughs> um, I could also see because it is Paul W.S. Anderson, who, of course, would meet and marry Mila Jovovich on the set of Resident oh. Evil. I could so see Mila Jovovich in this kind of for role. Sure, for sure. Uh, but also, she hadn't really broken in the States yet. But Michelle Yeoh, at the time, is the right age. I, I think in like 93 or maybe even that year, she's uh, in the sequel to this movie, Super Cop. That mm-hmm. The first one's like her and Jackie Chan, and then the sequel is like just her, and it's like a spinoff, and it's like now just her leading the charge. Because uh, I think her, I think her first like big American thing was uh, that Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies. She's oh. like the main Bond girl, uh, which is a rad, uh, and b just cast Michelle Yeoh in more things. Just cast <laughs> Michelle Yeoh in more things. Have we liked nothing? Right. Uh, and yes, uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras performed all of her own stunts in Mortal Kombat, including that. all the fight scenes. And she, for her. she, you can tell she's jacked yeah. and like, you can tell that actor is like, yeah. yes. And she, she dislocated her shoulder on set and they just popped it right in. And they were like, are you short? Like, do you have like a trick shoulder? Like you should be in more pain. And she's like, I don't know I'm just young. why I'm not, but just pop it in and we're good to go. Oh my gosh. Um, but she had read and auditioned for the part of Sonya Blade several times, but the casting process for this film was so long that she then did Billy Madison. Right. And Which is how I think most of us are familiar with her. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, she's also in I Know You What You Did Last Summer and The Wedding Planner and Last yeah, I, Action Hero are some them, big I skipped things. skipped them all. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But in case at home you're like, who, who, what's this person been in? I know I've, we've all seen A Killing in Cork, season 10 episode of Murder, She Wrote, but what else? Uh, Come on. We know the classics. But during Billy Madison, she was like, I'm going to lose out on this role because there's still, you know, I, I'm now, she pretty much picked Billy Madison over Mortal Kombat because it was taking so long. And it's like, go with the 
thing that's definitely being made. Yeah. And since she was doing Billy Madison, Cameron Diaz was cast after the producers saw mm-hmm. dailies mm-hmm. for The Mask because that was her first film, The Mask. So no, she was a complete no one. Gorgeous. She really is. And well, they saw those dailies and they're like, oh, whoa, this person this has star. star power. Let's cast them. So she was tr- she was in training for the wow. film and broke her <gasps> wrist just before filming. Oh, so they called Bridget Wilson Sampras the last day of Billy Madison's <gasps> shooting and they were like, if we fly you in tomorrow, can you still do this? And she was like, damn right I can. Can you so imagine? She, so they had to save like her big fight with Kano to the end of filming. So Because she had to like, train. And while filming, be training and She's be like, learning all these fight choreography. I've been doing this 90s right, comedy. comedy. I know, but that, oof. Wow. Um, so it's fascinating imagining like Cameron Diaz in this role of like, because I mean, the movie made so much money, It's but it's still like, it did nothing for no one's careers. Oh, no. Um, so ultimately, I think Cameron Diaz was fine. I mean, that really stinks oh, having broken man. your wrist. But uh, yeah. And by the time she'd broken her wrist, yeah, Wilson was able to get to set and get on it. Knock it out. I know. So some other actors considered. Uh, Dina Meyer, who I was like, who's Dina Meyer? Why I do I know question. that name? Uh, so some might know her from multiple films in the Saw franchise. That wouldn't be me. I know, Starship Troopers. But oh. I recognize the name from the opening credits of one of my favorite films from the late 90s, Dragonheart, because she's the oh. female lead. And I loved Dragonheart for so long until I finally... <laughs> you know those movies as a kid where you, you feel as long as you watch them often enough you never realize how bad they are but if you go like a few years and grow a little and then rewatch it you're like "Uh oh Uh oh why was this my favorite movie i am sad this is so dumb i saw Um, dragonheart theaters and then never again oh i saw it in theaters we own the vhs i wore out the vhs um you will believe i'm pretty sure is the tagline um and i was like in what a life after love (laughs) best dina meyer who which i was like uh and next we have oh that sound means it is time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. Or in this case, some person. Gender is dead. Uh, the way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Sonya Blade. One was not. Mm-hmm. Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Dun, dun, dun. Your options are yes. Sharon Stone. Okay. Angelina Jolie. Okay. And Christina Applegate. What okay. you think? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I foolishly didn't write down what year this movie was made in. 1995. Oh, well, thanks for the intel. Remember, 25th anniversary. Oh, math. Please Doc. stop your artificial <laughs> countdown clock from making me very nervous. Oh, that was just that crocodile coming here trying to take a chomp out of Captain Hook. Um, um uh, wow. All right, let's see. I can see all of them mm-hmm. doing it. I can see all of them being considered because the age is right. I feel like Sharon Stone is not doing this, though. Or, well, I mean, none of them were doing it because it was Bridget Wilson. That's Sampras. not what I meant. I feel like Sharon uh, Stone is like, this isn't something her agents are really going to seriously mm-hmm. consider. No. I'm going to go Sharon Stone. That is incorrect. I'm going to go Christina Applegate. Also incorrect. <gasps> Angelina Jolie was, as far as I could tell, not considered. Well, but that, Sharon Stone I don't and Christina when Girl Interrupted Applegate came out. were. Well, Girl Interrupted, well, more importantly, I think 95 is hackers uh, in terms of oh, Angelina right. Jolie starting start to like break into film. 
I think 99 is Girl Interrupted because she won that Oscar. And then it was like, yeah. oh, okay, now you're a star. But yeah. like she was like doing Gia and like other films earlier than that in the 90s. Wow, I um, forgot all about Hackers. How? I don't know. It's don't seared know into my memory. Oh, hackers, what a film. Uh, but yeah, Christina Applegate was in the middle of Married with Children at the right. time. And Sharon Stone... A big plus for not doing Mortal Kombat because 1985 she had another film that Jeff loved as a kid The Quick and the Dead this Sam Raimi western okay. um, but Casino the Scorsese film where oh. she got her one and as of yet only Oscar nomination for lead actor and she's so good in Casino um, with Baba De Niro and Joe Pesci so I'm pretty sure she was glad that she turned down Mortal Kombat uh, to go work with Martin yeah, Scorsese yeah uh, let's move on to Liu Kang, our hero, played by Robin Shu, who originally turned it down because he assumed it would be for a stereotypical Asian villain and then reconsidered on the advice of his agent, uh, which was great. And he, he was like, and he'd worked, he'd been kind of uh, living both in Hong Kong and mm-hmm. in in the States, in, in California. So he, which is why he was considered, but he was kind of having to go back and forth. But he'd worked as like a stuntman for a long time in Hong right. Kong, including with Jackie Chan, with his, uh, his background. And he, and as I said before, he and Katana, are the, Talisa Soto, are the only actors that came back for the sequel, which is sad that like he... I, I think he's really good in this. He's like, he wonderful. didn't really, you know, bre- this did not help him like really break in. I would have thought this would make him hit, you know? Yeah. He's really handsome. The hair, I love. Is it a little mullet? The mullety? hair is I amazing. Don't care. It's this incredible. is the most beautiful quaffed hair I've ever seen. The hair acting, the hair fight acting, the actual fight acting. Because <laughs> he can really fight. Oh, man, he's incredible. Well, let me tell you this. Tell the, me all about him. So the film's official fight choreographer uh, was Pat E. Johnson. But he gave Robin Shu, since he was a former stuntman, a lot of free reign mm. to come up with ideas, which are then incorporated. Um, and at test screenings, which I mentioned to you, Amy Joe, <laughs> apparently it was unanimous. We love everything that we see. There's not enough fights. So they we went back. Have more they went back and added the second part of the Johnny Cage Scorpion scene, and they added in a fight scene between Liu Kang and a reptile, who is mostly a, a awful looking CGI creature, mm. but briefly turns into a green ninja to have a fight. And because those were reshoots, it was just Robin Shu. Fi- oh, and that's did one the, of the best the, fights. He did the choreography for both of them. Exactly. That's what people you mostly wow. say. But this is crazy to me because remember, this is 1995. Robin Shu was like, well, you know what we're doing over in China is we're doing all this wire work to really zhuzh the fights. So, which became popularized in 1999 with The Matrix, but this is the first big Hollywood film to use wire techniques in the martial That's arts awesome. scenes. I love that too, because it's also just like, hey, you know what we're doing where we actually know how to make this look really good? Why don't we do that here let me teach totally. you something well, hollywood <laughs> well i think it's also but be- it's because it's also a video game adaptation because some of the things like him doing his little totally. bicycle kicks that look like oh if, my you, gosh, if you were to do so those nice. in real life in a in like a quote-unquote like grounded action film like you'd be like what is if schwarzenegger started jumping up and doing bicycle kicks oh you'd be like gosh. what am i looking but it's at based on a video but because game, it's a video game that. exactly and i think it really helps heighten it in a way that like i mean in Ch- i mean of course in the matrix and i mean in really in uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it's its own thing that you're like, clearly like this isn't real life. It's got a heightened quality to it. But um, it looks cool. And you could really kind of hide that and slide it into in this because it's, oh, it's a video game movie. So you're like, whatever. But it's also like, we hadn't seen things like that in yeah. Hollywood films. Um, so I think Robert Chu really brought a lot to this. That's so cool. Yeah, I thought he was wonderful. I really liked him. I w- Yeah, I was surprised I didn't know 
who he was, you know, like yeah. insofar as like having well, it's mainly this career. Mortal Kombat Annihilation and the Chris Farley film Beverly Hills Ninja. Wow, yeah. I shouldn't say a bigger career. I meant a bigger uh, career in in like the states. Like, yes, 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 yes. I mean, he's still working. I think he. Oh, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he's in. They did like that Death Race remake with Jason Statham. I think he's if he's not in that. He's in the. They made like a bunch of sequels. Mm-hmm. I, so he's. I mean, he still works. I think I, I all very briefly googled him, and because uh, I was trying, I was trying not to over research because I like all of this information right, Jeff right, right. has given me to be a surprise. But like, I saw that he also like trains people, like trains actors for things. Yeah. So I'm oh, sure he's oh, also cool. probably making a lot of money doing that because it's right. a very valuable thing to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a lot of thoughts partially because I mean, here's the thing. Like, this is. This is a movie that takes place in kind of a more alternate reality. Mm-hmm. So they're all speaking in English, which like that did, I think, yeah. limit the pool of people they could pick from because they were they were picking actors who were very conversant and fluent in English as opposed to like yeah. if you could have a lot of actors speaking like, say, in Mandarin to one another, you don't necessarily need gotcha. a martial artist who also can act in English, which, right, I, you know, I'm right, a right. voice and speech coach and I've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of non-native speakers on like, how do I act in English? And it's hard. It yeah. requires a, a lot of time and years. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, for example, like in this same year, because I was curious of like, because I mean, Jackie Chan's like big Hollywood break was, of course, Rush Hour in 1998. Right. But like I'd seen things before that and they were films like First Strike, Jackie Chan's First Strike. But 1985 is Rumble in the Bronx. But until Rush Hour, he'd always been dubbed ah. in the States and at, at his insistence. Like it wasn't until Rush Hour they convinced him like, no, this will be so much better and so much more authentic if you mm. as you know. Don't worry if you're like English isn't as good as you think it is. It's like that's it, the authenticity is what we want. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that like you if you have time, you can learn. Absolutely. And you can ADR people. There's a lot yeah. that, you, you yeah. know, but I'm I'm wondering if from a casting perspective, that yeah. that's part of what they were looking for because they weren't interested in having any subtitles. Also, it's like or dubbing or dubbing, you know, what language proficient are you doing this? Exactly. Or as they as Hollywood would say, proficient enough, which exactly. Which is it's unquestionable thing. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just not that familiar with that many martial artists um, specifically that would have been working at this time. That would have been the right age. Yes. Well, you also don't watch a lot of martial arts. No, I do not. Um, I'm very impressed (laughs) when I do. But like, I'm not sure how old Jet Li is. Like, I don't think he was making movies around this time in the States, was uh, he? Not in the States. I mean, pretty similar to Jackie Chan, because th- Jet Li is like, I think his first big Hollywood thing was the fourth Lethal, Lethal Weapon movie, which I think is also 98, 97. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he was still like, making films oh for sure uh but he yes i think i think both him and jackie chan kind of started making films in hollywood around the same time mm-hmm. yeah i mean as far as like i don't know if this guy fights um but he is absolutely beautiful but as uh-huh. far as like a, who would i want to see play this in contemporary uh and i have uh pierre pung who is um Gemma Chan's husband, uh, uh, Astrid's husband and Crazy Rich Asians, oh. who like, oh, well, he comes I mean, in, he, oh, he enters like hubba, he's in the show. Hubba, hubba. Ta- I mean, if you, as with Robin Shu, if like, if you want a hunk and a half That's leaving your I film. Like, no, who, who are you talking about getting that tank top off of the whole film? I'm going to go with that guy. So yeah, again, yeah. I don't know if he fights, but he certainly know. trains. I don't know if those muscles are just for show the or if he can fight. But has lifted a weight in his life. 
And he better I, have. I'll be pissed no, no, if he no, was no. like, I never worked out. I watched some <laughs> interview with him where he was like, well, yes, it's hard because in Singapore, like, you know, uh, men love to eat because the food is so good. So we have oh. to work very hard to look good. And I was like, that resonates, sir. Yeah. But you work a lot harder than I do to look oh, like that. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Uh, a few of the actors considered for Liu Kang, Jason Scott Lee, who played uh-huh. Bruce Lee in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story in 1993, mm-hmm. which he is inc- he's incredible in. And Liu Kang, as the video game character, is based on Bruce Lee. And I mainly know, because I didn't see Dragon, the Bruce Lee story for so long. So as a kid, I knew him because I, I don't remember if we saw it in theaters or if it was a like the immediate rental, but he's Mowgli in that live action Jungle Book movie in 1984 the, with the Carrie cha- Elwes. The cha- yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. watched it because big Carrie Elwes fan. Sure, sure. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, he was Mowgli in that, which is like, that's how I knew him for wow. the most part. Uh, and he's also like voice, a voice and actor in Lilo and Stitch and he's in a lot of things, but uh, I think he'd have been really good. Uh, this actor, Keith Cook, who did not get cast as Liu Kang, but would go on to be cast as Reptile, who fights Liu Kang in that one scene near the end. And the Green Ninja. Oh, thank you. Yes. yes. Oh, because he's he's playing the pers- the human form. The human, of the, not the the CGI lizard. Awful CGI I get monster. It. You're saying reptile like that means something to me. <laughs> Fair enough. I get it now. Um, and he would also come back in Mortal Kombat Annihilation to play Sub Zero, Amy Joe. You may ask how, since Sub Zero was killed in this movie. I wouldn't uh, ask uh, that because I don't know who Sub Zero is. He's the ice one. Oh. Hence of course, Sub-Zero. use the life-giving element. Yeah, but she, yeah, Katana's advice is use the element that brings life. That's what it's not when like, you could throw just say the like water. throw water throw at him. I would love it if Princess Katana <laughs> was from Brooklyn. It's like yo, yo, okay, hey, Fran Liu Drescher, Liu Kang, you're gonna wanna oh, throw, Lou. oh, Lou, you gotta throw the water throw at that him. Life-giving elements. And by life-giving, I don't mean oxygen. I, I mean, mean water. water. Oh, Mister Kang. <laughs> <laughs> um. But in, in the sequel, he's playing also, he's still called Sub-Zero, but he's actually Sub-Zero's little brother. So Sub-Sub-Zero? <laughs> yeah, neg- negative zero. Yeah, negative zero. Well, that uh, is sub There's no accounting for anything. No, you're very, it's very true, very true. They're just like, well, we got to bring Sub-Zero back. It doesn't matter that he died in the... First uh, the one. thing is, because they're wearing those masks, yeah. which I was like, ooh, I should get one of those. Those look like very protective against COVID I, and yet fashion. I, I, I started to, to look up the synopsis. I was like, oh, let me just look up the Wikipedia. So I started to Google Mortal Kombat film. So as I'm like, Mortal Kombat, I type in F and it goes Mortal Kombat face mask. Oh my gosh. And so many great <laughs> Mortal Kombat themed face masks, which makes so much sense. Yes. I was like, oh, what a great idea for a face mask. Yes, it'd be great. But anyway, the point is, because so much of, so many people's faces are covered, you could get away with casting the same actor and people won't really oh, know because oh, you're no. barely seeing the, their faces. The problem is not casting Reptile to come back and play Sub-Zero. It's to have Sub-Zero when you just had Sub-Zero die in your first movie, but they're both called Sub-Zero. They both wear the same outfit, but one is like, that. I think in the sequel, Liu Kang is like, wait, didn't I kill you? And he's like, that was my older brother. But don't worry. It's all good, man. I'm here to help. There was so much thought put into these films. My goodness, the world building. 
And the final actor up for Liu Kang was Ernie Reyes Jr., who was the stunt double for Donatello in the first <gasps> Ninja Turtles movie and played Kino in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. He's like yes. a pizza delivery boy that's yes, like, yes, yes, along yes. with them. <laughs> I mainly knew him from those movies and... <laughs> which I rented too many times from Blockbuster, was Surf Ninjas, Mm. where Mm. him, his little brother, and their wacky friend Rob Schneider were Surf Ninjas, fighting the lane Leslie Nielsen. It's a wild film. Well, I missed Um, that one too. But he's showing off those martial arts skills in there as well. And Ernie Reyes Jr. would have been, I think, also really good. Mm -hmm, But I mm -hmm. I really like Robin Show. I thought it was great. Uh, Let's keep moving with... Johnny Cage. Oh, Amy, what are your thoughts on Lyndon Ashby, uh, who is still working? He was in that Teen Wolf show for a long time. So, you know, good for him. But who would you cast if you yeah. had to cast someone else? I, Anyone else? No disrespect. I, I, again, don't like to talk poorly of other actors, but I thought, what a dud. Uh, this yeah. was... This was, I mean, I what get what they were vanilla bean. I get what they were trying to do, and I think he's executing it okay. But yeah. it's just like this is awful. Um, because the character is awful, but then he plays him in such a way that I'm like, I hate you, and I can't root for you, and like. Please don't kiss Sonya Blade. She deserves better than you. Forget, did they kiss or did they? They 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 kind of like a flirty thing. Well, and then like at the end, when she's like dressed like Shrek. I guess I'll keep this hair. I know I look. And Shrek's tunic. I even said like when when he walked in and saw her, I was like, "You look great, toots." And then like in the next scene, he said something like, "I like nice hair," or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, "I told you." Um. Anyway, so you might be shocked by some Uh of the people that I will mention. I, I will only be shocked by one person that you could potentially say. He might be on the <gasps> list. Oh because I was like, who do I mm-hmm. dislike inherently? <laughs> well, I don't think you should be looking for someone that you uh, no, no, dislike that inherently. That's what I was looking for. I was just like, who do I think could play this part? And I okay. was like... A pompous, D-bag yeah. Hollywood star. Yes, and I was like, Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey. Sure, sure, <laughs> They sure, were sure, like sure. the two that sprang to mind. But then you know who I thought would actually be good in this is Patrick Swayze. Um, because he can fight. He sure can. I could buy him as pompous, but also someone who has an arc and who has like been just been yesed by too many people Mm. into thinking he's amazing. I feel like Patrick Swayze could carry that over and and could play the comedy, but also like I would buy a journey. Yeah. Um, I do think I legitimately do think Matthew McConaughey (laughs) could carry the comedy. And I would have a natural aversion to him. And then Tom Cruise, I'm like, yeah, fight, sure. Fighting a four-armed monster. All right, all right, all right. <sighs> Gosh, now that you say that, I can't bear it. I can't Ooh, bear hey, it. Um, Sonia, I'm li- liking that hair, Sonia. Oh, my hey, gosh. Hey, Sonia. Hey, Sonia. Okay, I like that. Liking that tunic. Stop. Well, let's party in your swamp, Shrek. Ew, ew, ew. Okay, I'm sorry I mentioned the monster's name. Um, but those were my thoughts. I don't have And by a monster, you don't mean Goro, you mean Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I don't mean Shrek. I mean this guy <laughs> trying to pass off charm <laughs> being from Texas is charm. It's not the same thing. Uh and, and while watching this, I could if I mean if this is made today, I don't want it, but it would be Ryan Reynolds. Oh, but Ryan Reynolds would be funnier. Well, of course it'd be funnier, but I just, I don't need that. But if you, I mean, if it was made like a version 10 years ago, they might be like, no, the video game version is hair. We're going to put a piece on him. But like Jason Statham as like. You know who would be very funny really in fight. this is Who's Paul that? Rudd. 
like I mean if Paul Rudd could fight. Well, the person that was like at the time in 1985 who if he could fight, who I think would be the best, Bruce Campbell. Oh. I think would be That's great cuz you need like for an egotistical movie star type. Yes, that's who that you is still great. like. Bruce Campbell is who I want. Or for whatever reason, what I was thinking of while watching this um, will be Donnie Yen. Because he always, he's always just dressed in such a like Hollywood movie star way. Mm-hmm. But like he, he's an amazing martial artist. He's got yeah. in like the Yip Man movies and like the Hollywood audiences know him from like whatever, Rogue One and that triple X sequel. Uh, but in terms of, <laughs> it. but he's like, oh, he always looks in that like quaffed leather jacket wearing way that i i see that being about like oh i'm i'm like this hollywood star like oh hold my bags um (laughs) (laughs) oh and they had an animated film that came out a year or two ago of mortal Kombat legends scorpion's revenge with joel McHale voicing johnny cage and that's also like joel McHale. i is very on brand for this kind of thing Mm. um so here let's get into it some of the actors up for johnny cage you know turned it down Jean-Claude Van Damme, which the character of Johnny Cage in the video game is allegedly based on him. No. Which makes sense since he's a real full of himself Hollywood star. Yep. Um, but he turned it down because he was doing Street Fighter, which... That's uh, okay. You can't do them both. Well, no, you cannot do them both. And that was the year before. Uh, Brandon Lee, the son oh, of yes, Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee, was cast to do it. But he, of course, died on the set of The Oof. Crow in 94, which... Oh. Yeah. Huge tragedy. But... He would have been great. And that's because, as we've said, Raiden is Asian in the games and is Christopher Lambert in the film. So it's nice that a character in the games who's clearly white, that they were like, what? Who gives a who gives That a, we could cast who cares? however We'll cast we Brandon Lee. Yeah. Um, which I like. Unfortunately, he passed away. Um, Johnny Depp was considered. I did wonder. I did. I did consider him. And then I was like, yeah, sure. But. Yeah, which is, it's just, I don't know. It's just, they just kept trying to be like, put Johnny Depp in action films. And he resisted that for so, like, so long. I'm an actor, man. I'm an <laughs> actor. Uh, and ding, ding, ding. One point for Amy Joe, Tom Cruise. Well, he was considered, I could say Tom Cruise for anything in any movie, and he'd probably be on most of the list. Tom Cruise was up for Thelma and Louise? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they filmed most of this movie in Thailand, but some of the early scenes they shot in LA, like all the uh-huh. clearly the scenes that are like on lots that yeah. they could just be like whatever sets. Uh, so this is so strange to me. The onset medic apparently also acted as a set security guard. Does not seem like that should be part of his job description, but he took his job very seriously. Uh, Lyndon Ashby, Johnny Cage, told The Hollywood Reporter, Tom Cruise had a hangar nearby and came over and was like, hey, what are you guys shooting? Can I check it out? And the medic goes, you're not in this movie. Go away. (laughs) And Tom Cruise goes, oh, I just want to see. And he goes, I don't care who you are. Get out of here. And he turned away Tom Cruise, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I'm like, what? I don't care who you are. are. the circumstances you of this. You know what? People sometimes <laughs> love power. <laughs> and they'll do whatever. They're like, you know what? That upstart Tom Cruise thinks he can walk out of my set. I told him I don't think so. I, I, no, I like to think that he just didn't recognize Tom Cruise. And he was just like, what's that? What's that Todd Cruise? Never heard of you. Never heard of you. I am, st- I am stretched to my limit trying to be the medic and the on-set security guard. I can't also be a person who recognizes major <laughs> celebrities. Come on. 
What what you say? What what are you been in? What's that? Rain Man? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never. Oh wait wait, you're Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> you're you're the same height. You're very short. <laughs> cocktail? Nope. I love a good cocktail after my work as a medic slash set god, security guard. I'll tell you what's risky business, (laughs) being a medic and a security guard. You you want to step up to me? You want to step up to Manny the medic? I don't think so, putz. Get out of here. I want you to go far and away. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're going to have some days of thunder if you stick around. And by thunder, I mean my punches. Your mission? Impossible. <laughs> and that movie hasn't even come out yet. Hey. <laughs> I want a TV series of <laughs> by day, I'm a medic and a security guard. By night, security guard. <laughs> Man- I'm so overworked. Manny the medic. Manny the medic. <laughs> he'll patch you up, but first he'll rough you up. Oh, yo. Oh, hey. Coming to Fox <laughs> this fall. <laughs> Uh, oh, while we're talking about Johnny Cage, uh, his first scene, which is like a reveal that he's like fighting these guys, he's like, let's party or let's dance. And then it's a reveal like, oh, he's filming a movie. It's not actually or whatever. That's right. That scene he, confused me. Sure. But he gets into the argument with the director. Oh, right. You know who that director looked like? Steven Spielberg. Do you know why? What? It was supposed to be Steven Spielberg in a cameo. Not saying as him, but clearly as well, himself. Well, l- looked like him, yeah. Well, yeah, but he, he had scheduling conflicts, slash he read the script, and he was forced <laughs> to back out. So oh, as a sorry, reference, so they busy. made the director look like him, which I think is so Could That's you imagine? So Steven Spielberg. And clearly well, clearly he was like, oh, wait, you didn't get Tom Cruise for your movie? You, 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 you don't have you don't, you don't have here. Tom Cruise and Sharon Stone leading your film? You've got Lyndon Ashby and Bridget Wilson Sampras. Ooh, you know what? I forgot. I'm hard uh, pass. Hard pass. That's so. I'm funny busy editing Jurassic Park. I totally did think like that looks like Spielberg. It's not Spielberg, but I was like, is that meant to be Spielberg? Like, and then I had a thought like, is that some minor director that I don't know who they are mm. because they they're featuring him in a way that makes it look like he's someone I'm supposed to know. But it's clearly that they're trying to make it look like this is supposed right. to be old Stevie Boy. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, moving on, uh, Princess Kitana, played by Talisa Soto, who is the only other actor besides Robin Chu, who mm-hmm. reprised her role in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Not a ton of credits, but she was a Bond girl in License to Kill with oh. Timothy Dalton, Is was, I think, her first credit. Wow. And probably her biggest thing besides this and mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you have any one else or thoughts? She barely has... She's got about eight lines in the film. I mean... I, my my alternate casting was Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> I was like, you know who I want is someone Excellent. who fights, yeah. who can take these few lines right. of, oh, it's just so, her lines are also all like, let me guide you to do what you should do so that you can win. You know, oh, they're boy. all very like, here I am, I'm 10,000 years old. You're, but... you're in the middle of the woods. Listen yes. to the waterfall. Listen, Listen to the birds. But dripping. I'm going to tell you things from my font of wisdom from being 10,000 years old with an incredible moisturizing regimen. 10,000 years old. Yeah. But Look, she looks great. Looks great. great but I was like, yeah, I feel like Michelle Yeoh could make these lines sound like, like they something. mean something. Yeah. yeah. So the only other person that was up for Princess Katana Mariska Hargitay. What? I know. I mean, SVU wouldn't start till 99. In 1995, she was in the midst of the short-lived show Can't Hurry Love and leaving Las Vegas, where she played Hooker at Bar. 
and it's like can't you just give a name does it have to be just hooker at bar yes yes it does because it's the 90s and that hasn't changed unfortunately unfortunately not which i'm like of course it's in retrospect with svu but i'm like why can't she be sonya blade just as this cop just being like i gotta come after him you know they they killed chris they killed chris maloney they killed stabler (laughs) i gotta avenge stabler's death (laughs) with her fourth partner ice tea uh (gasps) along for the ride i mean count me in (laughs) oh boy uh, and now, finally, we come to Lord Raiden himself. Thoughts on Christopher Lambert. And if you had to cast someone else, who is pr- apparently he's the, he the biggest name on set and like the highest paid actor because he's known for the Highlander films, if you're unfamiliar with him. Um, and those were his big movies, which is like, I guess they made money, but it's still weird to be like, whoa, okay, everyone. Okay, out of the way. Christopher Lambert, Highlander, coming through. My thoughts? Your thoughts? My thoughts are many. My thoughts, plentiful. Um, most of them, not good. Um, for one, it it was one of those things where I was watching the movie, and because I have zero, again, zero familiarity with Correct. the video game, mm-hmm. I was like, is this like a T.E. Lawrence situation where he has like spent many years in this community and therefore is wearing the traditional garb and the locals are like yeah sure it's that crazy white guy Mm. and that's fine because whatever he's been around uh, whatever but he's apparently a god but he's then a god and i start to be like this feels very uncomfortable and apparently then to learn that he's supposed to be uh, of asian descent makes i don't know a lot more sense uh and is gross to then watch this like this like discount gandalf you know <laughs> it really oh man it really does look like someone went ahead in time got a hollow a party city <laughs> version of gandalf the what gandalf the white and then went back and was like yeah. phew good thing i'm traveling through time so no one will know that Let's i ripped this off a weird of accent to it you know uh. so my thoughts were if you were going to have another weird white guy in it i was like you know who would be better is jason isaacs like give uh, me that well, lucius I mean, malfoy yeah, 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 just yeah. that sinister kind of like do i trust you am i right. supposed to like because i think that's one of the things about him is you're like are you what's your who are you hmm you know in a way that <laughs> yeah. i feel like Jason Isaacs could play. I also was like, oh, if they want a weird white guy with a French accent, oh boy, JCVD. <laughs> I have him on my list. Apparently, in the just wrong dye part. that mullet blonde. Just dye that. But then I, once you told me, like, no, this is supposed to be an, an yeah. Asian gentleman. I thought that the actor um, who plays the sword maker in Kill Bill. Uh, would be wonderful. Yeah. Oh, Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Oh, he's so he's so good in that and, brief scene in Kill Bill. Yeah. I mean, but but again, this this guy doesn't do any fighting. He should. Yeah. And then if you have that guy, he probably can. Probably can. Or if you don't, or you don't need, need it, it you know? because he's yeah. also like I looked him up and he was born in the late 30s, so mm. he's like already. Uh, the right age at that yeah. point, and then you throw a wig on him and call it a day. You and know? call it a day. Call it a day. <laughs> uh, I will say, since Lambert was the most expensive actor on set, the production could only afford him for a few. There was originally supposed to be just a few weeks in LA, and th- were mainly close-ups. And, th- and then they would do all the other scenes like, in close-ups, so that when they they would could just cut, cut to him, him, they could just cut to him, and I guess everyone else would be looking up. And he'd be like looking down from, they'd be looking up in Thailand and he'd be looking down in LA being like, oh, hi there. I bet you're wondering where I've been. Oh, I've started talking. So now you hear that (laughs) thunder. But Lambert said, once he realized that they were doing, he was like, oh, that'll be so bad. And offered to like, I'm just going to fly to Thailand on my own dime and film for a few weeks. 
uh, which uh, probably his agent and managers were not pleased by. But he was like, no, 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 you don't you don't have money for that. So I'll do that for free because that'll be a lot better for the movie. And then he paid for the rap party after the film, which is like, you he, you should not have been in this movie. You're not good in this movie. No. But that's a nice that's thing. Very nice. Uh, I don't know if uh, this actor who's up for the role would have been that nice and would have done anything for free. Sean Connery was the first choice. <laughs> They just wanted a Highlander. Apparently. Yes, you can only be up for Raiden if you've been in Highlander, (laughs) a film where he's a... where Sean Connery plays a Spaniard. So clearly they were like, oh, well, you're already dear. used to playing not playing things you shouldn't be playing. Uh, but apparently at the time he was like, I don't want to be doing anything physical. I just want to be able to play golf. And he's like, you know where there's no golfing? Thailand. So I'm I'm out. Uh, you know, everyone at a certain point in their career knows what they want and what they need. And I got to say, yeah. he does not need to do be playing more than do. No. No, 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 no. Um, but... I would have loved to have seen the other person that was considered for Raiden, Danny Glover, which oh. I'm like, if you're not going to cast an Asian actor, Danny Glover, Danny Glover would be such a left field choice, but I want to see it. This God of Thunder and Lightning who is too old for this. Yeah, Danny Glover, I at least like, I feel like part of the problem with this character is I don't understand what he's doing there or why he's there or yeah. like what he's bringing to the table well, other than having a lot of like a uh, reverb. Yeah. You know, well, but they kind of talk about that in the film. It's, it's that like wherever it's like, Oh, kind I can't use. I know. Well, they say like, uh, that he can't use his powers. Like he's not allowed to like fight because of what I would break quote unquote, like these rules set in oh, place right. and he can't, his powers don't work in outworld. So once they go to outworld, he doesn't follow in the sequel. He a is played by James Remar of Dexter and other things. And uh, is like I'm, he gives up his powers so he can, and also his long hair. So then he comes back with like a buzz cut, and he's a like real Samson situation. It really is, and now, but 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 now he's like now I'm allowed to fight because I've cut my hair. So it's a real oh, reverse Samson. I see. Um, <laughs> and I mean, as dumb as this movie is, it made a lot of money. So I don't know. I, I feel like Danny Glover because the movie Danny Glover did make in 1995 was Angels in the Outfield, Operation Dumbo Drop. I did see that. Angels in the Outfield, I think, is 94. Angels in the Outfield was one of those movies that I eventually had to hide the VHS of in our house because my brother and I would watch it so much and I got tired of watching it. So I hid it in wow. my closet. Amazing. You know? Yeah. But a good, a great flick for a kid. Great in flick the 90s. for a kid. Great flick for a kid in the 90s. Operation Dumbo Drop, not a great flick. No, I saw it in theaters and never again. But when, you, when you're like, Danny Glover, I, I think great but then you've got in that movie Ray Liotta and Dennis Leary and I feel in a Disney like a PG Disney film and yeah, when you Ray think Liotta Disney PG film nowhere Ray, near that. Ray Liotta and Dennis Leary no, that's true, that's should true. not be anywhere near a PG film with an elephant uh, <laughs> so those are the main characters that have other actors up for them uh, but I do want to touch on a few of the other roles. We've already talked about Trevor Goddard as Kano, but gotta talk about Shang Tsung. Oh, we gotta. Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. So good. Uh, but he was reportedly the filmmaker's first and only choice for Shang Tsung. Um, why would you cast anyone else? I know. I do want to briefly say, though, so that's why I was like, I was unsure if this was actually real, but apparently Al Leong was considered. And I did not realize, because... Of his of these films, the only one I've seen a lot of is Die Hard. But mm-hmm. Al Young is Uli, the henchman in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. He was Wing Kong in Big Trouble in Little China, Endo in Lethal Weapon, Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and for those who listen to our episode on Beetlejuice, that's right, 
Aliang was in. She's having a baby oh with gosh. Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, <laughs> like Beetlejuice, it haunts us. Yeah, I mean, and he is still alive and he's still cranking out films. So good for Aliang. Yes. But going back to Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, uh, so good in this. All I have written beside it is love him. Period. Also, like, man, can the man wear that incredible leather jacket? Incredible like, jacket. I, I must say, as someone who gets asked to wear a lot of outlandish costumes, mm. sometimes you have to work to make sure you're wearing it. And it's not and wearing, it's not wearing you, you, sure. And man, like, he just came on in that yeah. first scene that I was like, jacket. Yeah. But, like, he just wears And then at the end when he, like, takes it off and reveals, like, Those massive arms, arms. When he's, like, I forget the exact age, but he's, like, in, well into his 40s when this film was made. Well, he looks ferocious. He looks so good. Yeah, he, he apparently came to his audition in costume and read his sides standing on a chair which I, I feel like an actor that looks that intense that comes in and stands on the chair like oh here let me can I get a chair I'm like oh you're gonna sit oh you're gonna stand I'm gonna be mildly terrified and uh, doubtful to cast that. anyone else um but he he also works all the time. He's most recently was in that uh, Man in the High Castle show oh. on Prime and for like 30 episodes. So he's like I've not seen it but he's good which good for him because he him. is I, I thought he was so good. So good. So good. Um, and I didn't really know where to put this. So Sonya Blade has a partner, Jax, this, uh, black gentleman with a crew cut that she's with for about one minute before she like runs to the ship to be like, I gotta go find Kano. And he's like, Sonya, what are you doing? And he's gone from the movie. Mm -hmm. It was originally reportedly offered to Michael Jai White, who's an incredible martial artist. Mm -hmm. Uh, people know him from Spawn, from Black Dynamite, and, uh, Probably most from as Gamble in The Dark Knight. He's the one that uh, Joker is doing the Why So Serious to. Oh. He's, he's that gangster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's so good. Uh, but like Jax is in this movie for 20 seconds. And right. it's like what? And I, I've heard some conflicting things. I think originally Jax was supposed to go along because then there's this random character, Art. Art. Who yeah. dies. And it's, it's a little strange and quiffy but this character Jax comes back in the sequel Mortal Kombat mm -hmm. Annihilation played by a completely different actor but Michael Jai White would eventually play Jax in Mortal Kombat Legacy which was this popular web series which ran from 2011 to 2013 which also co-starred Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa reprising oh. his role as Shang Tsung which I'm like yeah get that guy back yeah. to keep playing this Unkill character kill him right and exactly get him back. and apparently he's now like he also voices the characters in the games now that he's like oh, I love so that. Yeah, like this movie influenced. Like also, Kano in the games now is Australian because of Trevor movie, Goddard yeah. deciding well, to do. I do think he's also like really great, and it's it's it, a it's a very it's a he knows what movie he's in. He sure does. He's coming in with his Party City robot eye, with his chest hair shaved he's into, into a heart. A, into a I thought it was a V. Maybe it's a no, heart. No, it looks like a heart. <laughs> he's waving his turkey leg around, chomp chomp chomping away. I'm loving it. Chomp, chomp, chomping on heaven's door. <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomping on turkey legs. Great. So final thoughts on Mortal Kombat, Amy Joe. I just wanted to note that my favorite line in the film was... <laughs> and and you really had to, narrow it, you had to narrow, narrow it down, right? Because really, it's every so line in the script is your favorite line. Oh, so much on this page, uh, including what is this Raiden voice? <laughs> Opening credits are bananas and PE dance routine. But the other thing I have in all caps is save your pity for the week. <laughs> Which I was like, I should incorporate that into my everyday lifestyle. It works for me. Save your pity for the week, folks. <laughs> Whenever, um, yeah, whenever you're just like, oh, hey, I, I heard you, I heard that audition didn't go the way you wanted, or you're like, oh, hey, I heard you didn't get that role. It's like, save, save your pity for the week. week.
Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like you sounded pretty good. Sorry you cracked on that note. Yeah, you know what? Save your pity <laughs> for the week. Um, so that was fine. Um, would you like to do the sides again? Maybe maybe try it like a little less angry. Save your pity for the week. week. Um, okay, I think we're good here. I You're good to go. Thank you so much. Did I book? You booked. <laughs> you booked. <laughs> Amy Cho. Jeffrey. What are you recommending this week? Well, I have this great resource I've been finding very useful that I thought some others might like if they're not aware of it. Um, it is a daily newsletter delivered to your email inbox called the Anti-Racism Daily. And it's really good. It, it's like little bite-sized, digestible uh, thoughts on topics that you will encounter at various points in your life with like then links you can click on for extended reading and research. And so you can just go to antiracismdaily.com to sign up. And uh, it doesn't take that long to read and covers a, a wide swath of subjects that others might find useful. Love it. Jeff. Amy Jo. What are you recommending? I'm recommending uh, the movie Colossal from director Nacho Vigalondo. It is a 2016 comedy fantasy starring Anne Hathaway as a hard drinking woman forced to move back to her hometown who discovers that she has a strange connection to a giant monster rampaging around Seoul. Mm. Uh, it starts as a very silly, quirky comedy genre picture, uh, but slowly morphs into like some surprising depth and starts dealing with like toxic masculinity and stuff like that where you're like oh i didn't know that you're gonna sneak this into this fun little comedy monster movie hmm. um and it co-stars jason sudeikis and dan stevens who both do great work especially sudeikis who gets a lot more to bite off than he normally does uh and it's actually great work from hathaway who i think it's like some of the best work i've seen her do on film so very weird very quirky little film um but it's called colossal check it out and that's what we're recommending this week da 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 do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can find us on Instagram at endalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson! <laughs> and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. Till next time.